everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dishes and Dimes, a basketball podcast. I'm Kelsey, and I'm joined by Yasmin. How are you, Yas? I'm well, I'm well. How are you, Kelsey? I'm good. It's Sunday already. I don't know what happened to this week, but we've got a lot of NBA news to cover through a lot of NBA questions that we were asked. Yes. Um, yeah, this is good because I, I feel like I haven't recorded a podcast with you for a while. I feel like we've done like video recordings and stuff and streams, but not an episode for the podcast, which is cool. No, I, I think <laughs> it's been like, yeah, probably at least since the summer. Yeah, like it, it feels like we haven't done this in a while. <laughs> Very strange. But what's funny is that like I feel like every episode that I've recorded, um, we usually like spend like a good 10 minutes talking about how much we miss basketball. But like even now we can't even say that because it looks like the season's coming up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, how I don't know how they're going to figure. I mean, I guess that that can bring us to our first question from Sidra. What do you think of a t- December 22nd start date? Um... I, I honestly thought that I thought uh, January 18th was ambitious. Like MLK Day sounded like what they were aiming for. And then they um really pushed the, you know, Christmas start day or Christmas week start day agenda. Like, um you know, I think the last few weeks and then bam, like apparently the MBPA voted on it and everyone agrees on it. And they plan to actually um start the league <laughs> on the 22nd of December. It sounds insane. Like. You think about it. I think someone tweeted on my timeline. I think it was um, the six man. He said, like, um, imagine you're a rookie and you have, like, two weeks of training camp and then, bam, the season starts and you're guarding, like, KD or something. Yeah, and you don't even know who's going to be on your team because what free agency is going to be, like, 45 minutes long? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, people are going to be moving and then immediately going to their practice facilities right after. Like, I have no idea what the... Uh, logistics are going to be like. What is the season going to be like? Uh, look like. What is the what are the uh, play t- like dates going to look like? Um, are teams going to be playing their uh, divisions a million times? Like how how is that fair for like stronger divisions versus weaker div- divisions? Like you look at the Milwaukee Bucks. I think Cleveland and Detroit are in their division. That's like four games of each team. You know of you know non playoff teams. Like that's insane. Um, so I, I really have, like, not the faintest idea of how they're going to approach this, you know. Like, what do you think about uh, that start time? I mean, I think if they're playing just divisional teams, the Milwaukee Bucks are obviously going to end up with the best record again and then fall apart in the playoffs. But I think it'll be interesting because you're not playing teams <laughs> that you may meet in the playoffs or the finals, you know. Like, say it were a Raptors-Lakers finals, you're not really going to see them. Yeah, So exactly. you're going to have to go entirely off of film alone which will be interesting for a coach like Nick Nurse compared to a coach like Frank Vogel. Yeah. um, What's funny is that I always thought the bubble would be like a real test of coaching. Um, And it kind of was. I feel like the best coaches, like their their minds kind of shone through. But then like you think about the chess match um, in the Boston Raptors series, you think about how, you know, the masterclass that Eric Spolster had. Um, and then you think, but I think that the bubble really came down to uh, leadership, and um, that's why players like you know Jimmy and uh, LeBron and even Kyle Lowry really shone through. We really saw veteran leadership kind of uh, take the gold medal um, in the bubble. So I kind of wonder what will be the emphasis in this weird season because it looks like it's we're not getting normal NBA basketball until 2021, 2022, which is like absolutely insane. 
if you think about where we came from before the hiatus last March, like we're not going to see a normal NBA season in a while, it seems. So that's what, two asterisk seasons consecutively? (laughs) At least, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, December 22nd, you couldn't have pushed it like a week and a half and had just the 2020 se- or the 2021 season. It's going to bother me so much that it is the week of 2020 and rest of 2021 yeah. season. It's going to drive me nuts. But yeah. it is what it is. And it's 72 game season. So they're already cu- like the usual season start is what? Like the second half of October. And then you think like that's when pre- I think mid-October is when preseason begins. And then you think about how they're probably now they're starting it two months late, but they're still playing 72 games like that's absolutely insane. Yeah, like it sounds like they're going to remove all star break or something like something is going to move or we're going to get like a plethora of uh, back to backs, which is like like could be disastrous. (laughs) It could be. And I think that's probably why they are going to lean towards playing like the playing in your division as opposed to you know, all this traveling, not only for safety, but just because the season is so condensed that they're going to have to do it. Like, they're going to have to have yeah. a really quick turnover. What do you think about the... Apparently, like, I think there was a story today that the Raptors and um, the NBA are working really, really hard to speak with Canadian officials and allow the Raptors to play um, in, like, w- I think with with exceptions um, and have uh, U.S. teams travel into Toronto freely. Uh, what do you think about that? Would you rather the Raptors uh, end up playing in one of their proposed teams? I think the team suggested uh, Nashville, Jersey, and Orlando. Or would you rather them stay in Toronto and try and modify it so that uh, opposing teams can come in and out uh, and play in the city for you know that brief you know what forty eight hour window? I think it makes the most sense to play in Toronto. I mean, cases A are lower, and B, how much risk of infection is there when you're on a private plane in a private ter- terminal going to a private practice facility yeah i think the private plane thing is a good point because if you think about it i think that the biggest issue uh it, like you look at the cases it's people who travel right and you think about how much germs you encounter when you travel the recycled air in the cabin uh walking through the terminals walking down like um escalators and touching everything it seems that they have like the means to make it really streamlined. Um, I think it's something that can really like make the process easier for them um, because this is not your typical um, uh, travel experience. It's not like how uh, it, we're not they're not at the same risk as you and I would be if we were to travel um, internationally or something. No, exactly. And I mean, one of the things that the Raptors have that nobody else has is like the electricity in the arenas. And even if there's not going to be fans there or there's going to be limited fans there, they still have their home DJ. They still have their home, like, dancers. They still have their home announcers. That, that yeah. makes even a if huge it's, difference. Exactly. exactly. Even if it's with no fans, just being home, um, I think we've seen through the bubble, like, it can, like, have a huge impact. And, um, you know, I, I they're, they would definitely not let fans in if it would be a Toronto scenario. I think that, uh, I think the most leeway they could give the NBA, like, uh uh, the gov- the federal government here would be to allow um, you know a more streamlined travel process and have players play uh, in the uh, Scotiabank Arena but I don't think they would allow what I think they're planning 25% um, capacity arena Th- that would definitely not happen in Toronto um, I think large crowds are already uh, banned and festivals and all of that we're, we're I, I I think that we went back to um, phase two was it for the second wave I have no I think idea that they <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I stopped dining out, so I don't even know if um, patios and stuff are opened right now or uh, inside indoor dining. So if we don't even have indoor dining, I highly doubt they're going to have 25% capacity arenas. But just being home uh, and playing in Toronto, I think, is a huge factor for them. And, and like, the prospect of... Uh, like Kyle Lowry potentially playing like his last season on the Raptors with no fans in a foreign city like that's like horrible to me (laughs) yeah and just sleeping in their own beds I mean if every other team gets at least a couple nights in their own beds then Toronto should too they would be at a huge disadvantage if they were playing in Jersey or Nashville um and other teams got to play in like near home like that would be that would be such a huge disadvantage to the team even mentally like it might not show up in their game but mentally it seems very stressful oh definitely and i mean even just like having your your home daily routine seeing your family seeing your kids off before they go to school eating mm-hmm. like getting takeout from your favorite local restaurants like you can't do that when you're going to a city that you don't know exactly so what was our second question our follow-up from Sidra was, "What do you? will LeBron ever see his family on Christmas? No, he won't. He's going to like come in in 25 years and his kids are all going to be grown and his grandparents are going to be on, or his grandkids <laughs> are going to be on his lap and they're going to be like, he's going to be like, Santa Claus, who's that? What's going on? <laughs> no, LeBron is the, yeah, you're right. LeBron is the NBA's cash cow. They will milk that man until um like until he is just a pile of dust like he brings in so much money like there's been a huge discussion about this especially as he's entering his twilight years lebron james has been the catalyst for nba viewership for so long um and you like you think about his reach the fact that he plays in opposing arenas and fans are there for him wearing his jersey like, I, not until the day he retires will the NBA stop exploiting that. And, like, what's unique about LeBron is that he totally welcomes it. He's, like, a star. He's incredibly charismatic. Uh, he embraces being at the top of the totem pole. Yeah. So they, he will never see his family on a Christmas week or Christmas day, um, like, until he retires. Like, I feel like it's going to be a very foreign thing to him. You know, they're going to, they're going to, they're they've been used to, what, like, late, Christmas dinners until he comes home from the locker room. So um, that's definitely not stopping anytime soon. And um, a, a recent conversation that I've been seeing um, that's really valid is um, like, who's going to be the replacement? Like we saw it with, we saw it with um, Michael Jordan's retirement. There was a huge like dry spell in the NBA for years and years until LeBron was drafted to fill that void of a superstar like I'm I'm not talking like a superstar as in a top seven player but a superstar as in someone who is synonymous with the acronym NBA you know what I mean you know they tried so hard to uh fit Kobe in that and it worked to an extent and then they tried so hard with like Allen Iverson and Vince Carter but it, it wasn't quite the same as a Michael Jordan and I feel like we might be encountering the same thing with LeBron, unless the league prepares us to kind of just fill another player into that place, you know. So who do you, to bounce off this tangent, who do you think is going to be like that that player to embody that and to kind of just become the NBA's new face? Paul Watson Jr. But no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't think it's someone that we've met yet. I think there's probably some high school kid out there. And when LeBron retires in God knows how many years, probably like, I'm going to say five years. Yeah, that sounds accurate. Like maybe when he's 40 or something. Yeah, then maybe we'll see like an up and coming star. But those are some big shoes to fill. Like Michael Jordan was 
had some big shoes to fill. And as far as celebrity goes, I mean, Michael Jordan didn't have the social media come up that yeah, someone like LeBron era, did. Yeah. So LeBron's impact and LeBron's you know viewership is probably more widespread than Michael Jordan's was. It, yeah, you're right in the sense that it, his rise coincided. Like, you think about it. He was drafted in what? Um, 2004, was 2003. it? 2003. 2003. So his rise coincided with, like, uh, social media. Like, at the same time, if you think about it, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like, it, Twitter came in, what, 20, 2007? And then um, Facebook was in 2006. Um, like, it, it all lined up so beautifully for LeBron James that he was able to rise with these social media platforms and reach populations in a way that we've never seen, literally never seen, um, you know, at that extent. Like, it's so hard to even fathom. And I don't know how another star would coincide with another cultural revolution like social media was, you know? Yeah. Like, there would have to be some sort of invention to help... catapult this new star who may not even be a high schooler yet <laughs> and the thing is Into- it kind of sets them up for failure too because yeah. we saw it with yeah. we saw it with zion right he was mm-hmm. supposed to be the next lebron james and then you know injuries aside he didn't really live up to the expectations so far so far it's it hasn't been very long that um yeah. that were put in front of him and i think a lot of that can be blamed on you know just the ability the the instant ability to watch highlights and watch lowlights and, you know, just pick apart his game the way that you couldn't Mm -hmm. do with Michael Jordan and you couldn't really, really do with LeBron in the beginning. Yeah, and uh, it kind of makes them into a larger-than-life figure uh, during those years where they're going to make mistakes. They're going to... You think about, um, like, the early duds that LeBron experienced. You didn't have, like, the the, um, replay culture that we have now. In those days, and then he, by the time he was a veteran and an accomplished superstar, um, then it like he made his mistakes by the time that he re- by the time that type of technology was widely used. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you think about um, like LeBron, like Michael Jordan in particular. He kind of um, he he was part of like that pop culture wave of the eighties and nineties. If you think about it, like you think about stars like. Uh, Madonna and Michael Jackson and then you had like Michael Jordan it kind of just coincided with that pop culture revolution in you know um, retro like music video culture and stuff it kind of went up with that and then you think about Mike um, LeBron James and social media I feel like the next star to have that cultural impact it would have to be someone of like the diaspora someone non-American that will have like a global reach just to match that kind of global impact it would have to be someone worldwide that's the only kind of like scale that could uh match those um superstars that we have you know yeah it's gonna be it's gonna have to be something that hasn't been seen and hasn't been done before and reaching audiences that even michael jordan and lebron james have have reached but haven't you know been thrown in the faces of yeah yeah, this is giving me inspiration for something to write. This is a good conversation. I, I'm very excited to read it. <laughs> so what's the next question? The next question. Let's see. We got a lot of good ones. So thank you all for sending them in. Thomas Matheson, who is the fastest raptor? Do we mean the like... fastest raptor? Yeah, do we mean like a running race or... Cause in a, Let's just answer it as that. Okay, it's Pascal. 
Yeah. It's got to be. I, I would... I would say it's Pascal. Like, we forget because now he plays <clears throat> more of, like, the point role. He's, like, our point forward. But before that, um, yeah, his job was just be really that, fast. That dude would literally touch both ends of the court in a few strides. Like, he has this super unique balance. Maybe we'll see it more <clears throat> after 2021 if we get another um, lead ball handler and he could play off ball a little more. But what makes Pascal so special physically is the fact that he's so huge. He's 6'9 and like, what, 225 or something. And he moves like a panther or something. Like, he's so fast and um, graceful with his strides. He's definitely the fastest Raptor. But also, Kyle Lowry's extremely underrated, like, speed-wise. Yeah, he comes in like a wrecking ball. Yeah, like, he, this dude has, like, you see his little legs, like, running across the court with Pascal. Like Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> It's freaking ridiculous. Like we, we think that he's like he's thirty. He's thirty four years old. Um, he's thirty four, right? He's not thirty five yet. He's no, 34. he's thirty four. Gasol's thirty five. <clears throat> he's thirty four years old. So we we obviously have that notion of like aging point guard, blah blah blah, cerebral player, player half court menace. But then like Kyle Lowry pushes the fat, the best transition offense in the NBA. He's the one leading that charge. Like he's running with these young guys on the court <laughs> he's running with them he's running with pascal and og so i would definitely say pascal is the fastest but kyle Lowry is he's sneaky fast yeah and i think if they were to actually have a foot race kyle's so competitive that it might give him the edge pascal would be like come on man and kyle <laughs> would be like usain bolt you'll trip him <laughs> <laughs> he would like throw something and <laughs> pascal's legs will get tangled yeah but he'd be like it doesn't matter i won <laughs> Okay, next question. Next question. Uh, Open Jam Ananobi, a.k.a. Nassim Ali, is Kyle Kuzma the dumbest <laughs> championship winning player in recent memory? <laughs> um, He might hmm. be. He's also on a team. Didn't McGee win like several times? I, wanna, I don't want to say McGee's dumb because I feel like, um, I, I mentioned this before, but like, I feel like on-court intellect is not reflective of like your real life yeah. intellect. Like, JaVale McGee can be... A, incredibly intelligent man i don't know him personally but his um i'm pretty sure he's won what three championships now like i think it's two with the warriors and one with the lakers now um but that man like <laughs> his mistakes on the court he is a shacked in a full staple he is McGee. but i think he's really so, smart outside of it because i mean i've seen all of us he wins halloween every single year and like I, i'm sure he is a wonderful man that you can have amazing conversations with like i like i don't even know him like i can't even say that's why i don't like to say dumbest player and honestly like i don't hate kuzma like everyone else does <laughs> i think he's just such a little twerpy fuck boy and i think that's it i don't think he's because he has done a lot like he's from flint michigan he's always doing a lot to remind people of the ongoing water crisis in flint michigan so he's not dumb in that aspect but then he's like we can't have a parade when 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 so, yeah, that's I honestly really enjoyed him when he was I feel like he's become kind of a libertarian uh, LeBron hanger on now. Yes, but very that. I really liked his pro Bernie tweets and he's refreshingly politically knowledgeable for an NBA player um, in the beginning. But I think the the I, I, I don't know, like lately he's changed a bit. Which has made me like, ah, I was rooting for you. I was rooting for you, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Kyle's your Tiffany. <laughs> no, that like that's the entire Banks gift right there. Like I was rooting for him. I felt like it was cool to hate on Kyle Kuzma. Um, I thought, you know, um, 
I, I like I was the one defending his hairdos. I, I defended his <laughs> right to go blonde. I don't like, think he, he has that bad right. blonde. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was kind of dope. It was very slim shady. Um, but yeah, like he he's probably not the dumbest. I'm sure there are dumber. I think like J.R. Smith. Oh, yeah. Oh wait, he's <laughs> on that team too, isn't he? He was, and he was on that Cavs team. Like that yeah. guy has two rings. <laughs> and he um. Oh, and one of the Morris brothers, which who I'm convinced are very dumb. Oh yeah, I can't even defend them. So Kyle Kuzma, oh, and Dwight Howard. So that's a... Oh, okay, yes. Honestly, the Lakers, as a complete unit, might be one of the dumbest (laughs) teams to win a championship. (laughs) They just happen to have the smartest player. LeBron is so intelligent. His his basketball IQ is so huge that it kind of envelops everyone on the court with him. Yeah, like when you can and have... rubs a, off. It's like a pool and you just kind of dive into it and let it wash over you. When you can have like a class project and still get like an A++++ having like this <laughs> group of mail-it-in Le- idiots, then you know that you are like the <laughs> smartest kid in the class. Yeah, LeBron is the IB student who carried us. Yes. <laughs> when we didn't want to do homework. <laughs> I've been in that place. <laughs> um. So we... Okay, <laughs> let's go back to um, the cities. So right. we want we both obviously want Toronto, right? But um, Ailes, aka Six Dog, asks if you could pick any U.S. city the Raps would play in for the upcoming season, which would it be and why? <clears throat> um, do you have one? I have to think about. I got to think about this one too, because um, we're not allowed in, so it doesn't make any difference to us, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I I have an idea. I think that it would be really cool if they played in Nashville. Yeah. Because I feel like Nashville is a super fun city that the guys will enjoy as tourists outside of even basketball. Like, I feel like Jersey is like a, a blue-collar working-class town. I'm not sure if they would have, you know, ventures outside of the court to keep themselves occupied. Kind of like Orlando. Like, outside of, like the ballrooms and the and Disney World like Orlando is just highways and car- concrete parking lots like it's yeah. very there's not much to do but then you look at Nashville like you think about their music culture and their food culture I feel like they'd kind of have a blast there so I, if the Raptors and it's in the east coast or it's on the uh, eastern conference sorry so I would love to see them play Nashville and like if there's any city on the east that I would or even, um, yeah, I yeah, definitely Nashville. Like, so if there were if there was a chance where the borders were opened up and you know everything all was well and the Raptors were already playing in the U.S. and we had to go see them, like I would not mind going to Nashville. That seems like a dope trip. <laughs> yeah, I think this one's gonna be weird, but I'm, I was thinking about all the states that kind of like flipped blue recently, and <laughs> so I'm like, they deserve they deserve an NBA team temporarily as a treat. <laughs> But I was also thinking, like, there are some really, really good players that came out of Virginia. And just the way that Virginia players are made, like, when you think of, you know, Allen Iverson or Briante Weber or Mike Scott or Justin Anderson, it's very, like, grinded out, like, defense-heavy, just amazing whatever-it-takes players. And I think that yeah. really kind of, like, embodies the Raptors culture. So I think their fans would be receptive to it and appreciative of it. Mm. So somewhere in Virginia, mm. maybe like Richmond or Montrose or so, those are the only two cities I know. <laughs> no, that's interesting too. I really, I really, I think it's so adorable how 
whenever like a city's mayor is like, yes, bring the raptors in, please. All these all these like inhabitants of said city are like, yes, please. We desperately need an NBA team like let this happen. Like, I think it's so adorable. Like they really want an NBA team. We have to understand how lucky we are to have a team that like represents your city and not only represents your city, but like genuinely loves your city. Like that's so dope to me. I think on a huge scale, like having a good NBA team is so profitable to a city's economy. It's, it's understated. Like you think about, I think the, like, I, I remember the numbers that came out after the championship. Like it, it honestly injected life into Toronto's economy. Like these cities that have historic franchises and stuff, their 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 teams are literally like a branch of like employment or something or like you you know how small towns have like that um they have like that one uh car plant where they build yes. cars and it literally is the, it's like the city's culture like everyone works there everyone has like a, a dad a grandfather who works there that's kind of like what a good team does for a city you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah agreed i feel bad <laughs> We should count our blessings. <laughs> but also we should keep them in Toronto. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, never in a million years will they... Re- That's, my favorite one is like when people are like, oh, are they relocating? As if it's like a permanent arrangement. Oh my God. Like, what? <laughs> that would be a new like war, I think. Like, I don't know. I'm not very good at history. Oh, protests. Protests, but I think it would turn into like, like what was the war where... Like the war, the one in the South... Oh, like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a civil yeah, war? Yeah, <laughs> it would be a civil war. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. That's how Canadian we are. We're like, what's that What's that war that happened in the South? <laughs> because we would be like, no, we're not giving you our team. Oh, definitely. Like Trudeau would get involved. Like he'd be having meetings with Biden and stuff. Oh, yeah. It would just, it wouldn't end well. So don't even think about it. Um, Mitch Wheeler. Hi, Mitch. Which current or former Raptors player would likely have done the best on an episode of Jeopardy? Oh, first of all, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. That was so sad. I mean, I just, I, I watch it every night. It really was. But <clears throat> I remember, like, my parents used to tell me when I was little, my dad would be watching Jeopardy, and I'd be, like, two, and I'd hear the theme song, and I'd, like, run and hug the TV. So, like... Oh, my, everyone has a story, like, yeah. with Jeopardy. Like, my, like, I remember my dad was telling me when he was new to Canada um, in, like, uh, I think it was 89 when he first came here. He only had a couple channels on his TV and he was like 21 years old and he would have Jeopardy playing on loop like just to understand Western culture. Uh, and it's like it's like a, such a household staple for everyone. Um, and it, it, it's weird. Like it, it, Trebek was like definitely like a member of the family for so many people. Um, so what a horrible loss. But also like he didn't have to disclose to us that he was even sick, but he allowed us to kind of mentally prepare by telling us that he was in like a late stage cancer. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've kind of like braced myself for his likely demise. Um, but you know, what a life, what a crazy life. Like what an awesome, like you. everyone always talks about how you want to leave your imprint, but like what a way to do it. Yeah, like making it cool to be smart. Exactly. Like I, watching the show and trying to get answers right before your siblings or your parents. Like that's that's like at home culture for so mm-hmm. many people. That's like a household staple for so many people. <clears throat> but yeah, what Raptor would have done the best on that? Do you have any ideas? I'm going to say Kawhi Leonard because I feel like a wild uh-huh. Friday night for Kawhi is like watching <laughs> all of the DVR um, Jeopardy episodes from the week and just going nuts. 
Um, that's a good one. I feel like Kawhi is a secret uh, trivia nerd. Like, I get that, I get that vibe that he just knows a lot of random shit. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I feel like this is my answer for a lot of Raptors questions, but I'm going to say Mark Gasol. Because he just seems very, like, worldly, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, I feel like he's someone who just knows a lot about a lot of things. Um, and I feel like he would be, like, he would do very well on Jeopardy. Like, I don't know, I just feel like he's well-traveled. He seems to know a lot about... I feel like he would know a lot about geography and, and stuff like that. gardening and stuff. Like when they have those plant gardening. categories, that is Marcus All's time I, to shine. Yeah, exactly. All those random questions about like foreign wineries. Like I feel like he would know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a good one too. I didn't even think of Mark. Or even Andrea Bariani. This might seem weird, but do you remember when we found like uh, we found his Instagram? No. Like, I, I think, I forgot who it was, but uh, someone came across his Instagram, and they found his bio, and his bio is just a list of okay, occupations. Okay, yes, I do remember that now, yeah. Do you remember? And it was, like, DJ, NBA player. I'm like, this guy has, like, he's seen some shit. Like, he seems very, uh, <laughs> he's a jack-of-all-trades. He's a renaissance man. <laughs> and he's got that pasta money. <laughs> no, that guy, that guy seems to, like, he, he, he seems to know a lot, too. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's Andre Bariani, Renaissance Man. That'll be the title of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Nor, what's your true opinion of me? asks Nor. <laughs> oh, Nor. Uh, um Nor. Nor's amazing. Nor's so sweet. Nor She's so sweet be- she takes the um no driving slander on the chin like a pro. <laughs> Uh, me, I would just start crying and block all of you guys. <laughs> Nora's like coming in at five foot nothing, a point guard out of Ontario, Canada. She, what she lacks in uh, size, she makes up for in sass. She, uh, she can't drive you to the grocery store, but she can sure drive to the basket and dunk on your ass. Oh shoot, that's great. That's great. We are team We the North forever and ever. That's our true opinion, I feel. <laughs> Coming in at five foot yeah. nothing. <laughs> That's a good one. Another one. We love you, Noor. Love you, Noor. <laughs> Another one from one of our co-hosts from Iman. Who from the Raptors roster do you expect to be here the longest? Uh, and someone made a follow-up to that question. Do you have the follow-up to it? Um, Let me see if oh, I can do grab coach, it. Do coaches count on the roster? Yeah, who asked it? Let's credit them. I don't see it. That I think was. Oh, Rapsfan1237. Okay, so from Rapsfan1237. So, um, who from the Raptors do you th- expect to be here the longest? Um, the easy one would be would that Larry remaining for this year, would that make him the longest tenured Raptor? It would be eight years, right? I think so, yeah. Honestly, I can see Nick Nurse being here for decades. Like, I can see him being a Popovich type. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, like, I just feel like he's so adaptable. I feel like uh, I can see him transferring across eras. And I think that his how he has embraced Canada and Toronto is just very... It's, it's so great for Raptors PR. He's just... He's so marketable and friendly. And I just think that... I can see him being here for many eras, unless something like crazy happens that I can't foresee. But I, I just see him being a raptor for like I can see him being like 
on the team for like 25 years or something. Yeah, I agree. I think I don't think Nick Nurse is going anywhere. I don't think he wants to, and I don't think the organization does either. Um, as far as players, I don't know. Like when Kyle leaves, he'll be the longest. But do you think that there'll be someone? I don't see them trading OG or getting rid of OG or OG going anywhere. So I think he might be next in line yeah. to possibly be one of the longer tenured Raptors. Yeah. Um. Hmm. OG would have been here. I think Pascal's been here for like a year longer than OG, was it? Oh, yeah, Pascal. I think OG was drafted 2017, 2018. Yeah. And Pascal was drafted 2016, 2017. Um, I think the fact that they extended Pascal for Max and just seemed very invested into him. Like OG and Pascal seem like they'll be a staple duo for the franchise for many years. Just like Masai didn't trade them when he could have easily have thrown in one of them for the Kawhi trade. Um, he just seems very devoted to having, like, African stars on the team. I feel like those two, I can see them remaining on the Raptors for many years. Like, like definitely, like, longer than eight years, perhaps. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. They're very fun to root for. It's very fun to root for uh, teammates that, like, your team has drafted and invested in and developed. Like, it's very, it's, it's like seeing, like, a toddler walk or something. Yeah. Very that. It's, um... Yeah. And we're like, we told you, we told you, and no one listens. When we're like, he's gonna be a star, he's gonna be a star. And always, like, exactly. getting the last laugh. And now we're saying it with OG. They better listen this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's go to our final question, because it's a fun one, but it's also a very hard and stressful one. So it's from our friend <laughs> Sully, and Sully wants to know... With Black Friday coming up, which non-Raptor jersey would you buy? Can be a past or present player, but you can only buy one jersey. Which colorway would you want to? This is a tough one. <laughs> this one's really hard. Um, let me think. Oh, there's so many jerseys I want. This is a tough one. There's so many I want. I'm going to list the ones I want. Okay. And then we're going to narrow it down. <laughs> I really want a Jimmy Butler Vice yes. jersey. Yes. Okay. Mine was the Bam Adebayo Vice jersey. He, I, I really want, yeah. Bam is a great one, too. Um, I, I really want a Giannis jersey, but he's not going to be on the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, we said no so. Raptors jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I'm just. Um, like, I really wanted a Giannis. Ra I wanted it since last year, but I'm like, this guy, like, Maybe a Milwaukee Bucks jersey will be a good investment, honestly, though. Like, as a, a collector's item. <laughs> yeah, I feel like whenever I get a jersey, something, like, happens. So if I were to buy, like, a Milwaukee... <laughs> so please copy yeah. Giannis jersey, Kelsey. <laughs> Immediately, we'll crowdfund it. You could use the Patreon money to okay, get it. Okay, there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, let's think. Uh, I also really wanted a Jamal Murray jersey. Mm -hmm, the one with the rainbow... Mountains, exactly because yeah. i'm like oh that would be like a pride flag thing i'd wear it in june <laughs> um what else uh geez there are so many that i wanted um oh i really want a durant brooklyn jersey but i don't like any of the designs mm. so it's tough um what else I also really wanted a Kyrie uh, jersey after like the hiatus and how awesome he was with his efforts, like crowd, like do uh, donating money um, to have WNBA player salaries compensated and everything that he was doing over the hiatus was so awesome. And I thought to myself, like, I want this guy's jersey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I think those, those are all of the major ones that I don't have that I really want. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. How about you? Definitely the BAM Vice one. Because when I was in Miami, they had so many Jimmy ones, but not and yeah. D Wade ones, which was really weird because he didn't even play when they had the Vice jerseys. But they kept making them. <laughs> no, I think he did. I think he, um, 2018, 2019, I think he did play in it. Oh, did he? I remember seeing him in the black Vice jersey. Okay, yeah, that's the one I want. Because of that crazy game winner against the Warriors. That's the one I want. But then I'm like, I want, I want BAM. So yeah, they had D Wade, they had Jimmy, but they didn't have any BAM out of IO ones. And yeah, Bam is amazing. I love a Bam jersey. So I want that one, or I'd want the Jamal Murray one because yes, Jamal Murray is amazing. That jersey is amazing, and Jamal Murray wears number twenty-seven. And all my kids, their birthdays are on the twenty-seventh. So, are you serious? Yeah, July twenty-seventh, March twenty-seventh, and November twenty-seventh. So it's like that's insane. <laughs> it speaks to me. What the heck? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's like, I'd be convinced the universe is trying to tell me something. <laughs> yeah, that I should get a Jamal Murray jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever, like, every couple of days, remember what Jamal Murray did in the playoffs and go, like, whoa, that actually happened? Yes, all the time. Like, I, it randomly hits me, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, this guy had historic numbers. Like, we literally witnessed someone making a leap into superstardom, like, before our eyes. That's always crazy. I always feel like there's select players who suddenly break through. Like some don't, most don't, 98% don't. But then there's there's that 2% that like make the breakthrough into like top 12 status. And it's like, holy crap. It's so crazy (laughs) because like Jamal Murray's breakthrough came at a time when it was like so needed. Like they were so close. Oh, yeah. And then Devin Booker's breakthrough came when it didn't matter at all. Like there were no fans, (laughs) there were no stakes, but he like went off. And it's the same as he did in the All-Star game like last year or not last year technically last year i don't know 2019 all-star game and like Mm -hmm. he was amazing and it's like so yeah i think that people people should savor that time that moment that you see people like like we like we've experienced it with steph curry like some people are drafted number one and they end up being exactly who we expect them to be if you think about you know lebron james etc but then you have people who you don't expect to be who they are and you're like whoa like that literally makes it basketball worth worth watching for me yeah same just watching people like come out of their little cocoon as a beautiful yeah, basketball yeah. butterflies yes yes <laughs> it's like oh my god they did it yeah yes. and i feel like proud <laughs> like as if i know them personally i've been rooting for them their whole life <laughs> it's like we did it kids. yeah and they're like what mom who are you <laughs> um yeah that was the last question i believe that was our last It's so question. funny that after, in a few episodes, we're literally going to be reporting on Raptors training camp, uh, NBA training camp, things that have happened. Like, that's so strange to me. I know. We're already in, like, almost mid-November. It's November 8th today. I have to make, like, my free agency chart that I like to make every year. And by the time I'm done, it's going to be, like, free agency is going to be over, <laughs> like, five seconds later. And I'm going to be like, okay. Did they give an official date? Because no. I think the draft is on the 18th. So maybe we should, I, I'm definitely, we're definitely going to do, like, a draft episode, perhaps invite um, Rola, uh, Robel of Submi and Coach to talk about um, prospects to the top teams in the NBA. But we should, I don't know when free agency is going to be, be, uh, begin. Like, if the draft is on the 18th, I believe. Like, when the hell is <laughs> free agency? Yeah, I have no idea. But we will um, we will keep you guys updated or you will keep us updated. <laughs> We're not really sure yet. <laughs> and until next... We should do an episode of just being shocked by the news. Yeah, just a live reaction pod. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> 
But anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Um, and also for the Tuesday weekly live show that we host for basketballnews.com. You can see that streamed on Twitter. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for joining me, Kelsey, on today's episode. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys soon. Peace, Peace out. out.